0: It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you
1: did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox.
0: Okay, okay, okay. How many of you guys at least once in your life have said, I wish they made a... And then you finish that sentence with something that doesn't exist, but you really, really need. Well, most of us, I don't know, you drop it right there. I know I would, right? We don't have the energy, the time or the inclination to make what we want. But the few, the brave, they decide they're going to create it. Make that thing they envision. And that, of course, is when the headaches, the stress, the 18-hour days, fear, early version disasters, pity from friends, concern from your family who think you're losing your mind, pursuing this ridiculous idea, near bankruptcy, and ultimately... Sweet success, so huge, even Leo DiCaprio stops by your store three times in a single week to buy what you made. The you is Chris Riccobono, the co founder of Untuck It, the men's shirts that look so good untucked that to date, 12 12- million have been sold. It all started actually with, and I love this, because it was a simple yet common problem Chris had. He wanted to look professional but casual for his job selling medical equipment at General Electric, but could not find a suitable dress shirt that could be worn untucked, you know, like so that you didn't look like a slob or a schlep. Did not exist. And so here to tell All of you guys, how he willed it into existence is Chris Riccobono himself, the guy who dreamed up Untuck It. Chris, welcome to Everyone Talks to Liz. I am so psyched because I know your product well.
1: Uh, thanks a lot for having me. You really got it.
0: it. I mean, your story's fascinating because it weaves from, you know, growing up in New Jersey to college on Rhode Island, pharmaceutical sales, selling medical devices at GE, Columbia Business School. Suddenly you're walking around New York City's garment district. Why? What led you to start sniffing around 7th Avenue?
1: Well, it's funny. I right after even as early as after college, I always thought my shirts were too long. Like, I, and I look around and I say, why doesn't everyone else have this problem? And I remember going to Las Vegas. I wore the same shirt on a bachelor party three nights in a row. And it was an out-of-spec shirt from another company. It was a small and I'm a large. <laughs> and I said, uh, "But and I always thought about it. But two things. One, like many people, we all have friends. Everyone has great ideas. It's just scary to implement them. And two, I had that thought that How many times have you heard this, that it must be, it must be, there must be a reason why, right? Otherwise, the product would be out here. Right. The reason that it doesn't exist must be. Exactly. And I think there's probably millions of people saying the exact same thing and no one does it because they think that it should have existed. I'm thinking, how has Crew not done this Brooks Brothers polo? They all have customers like me coming in and complaining. But for some reason, it slipped through the cracks and, you know, I had zero, not only it fashion experience i had zero experience with the you know with building a website you know with marketing a website i mean, I, I you know i was a medical setup. so it was just scary to kind of actually do it um but i decided i'd have to after asking a lot of friends and really socializing the issue um i actually called guy went to school at the columbia good friend aaron St. Andres. i called him with 50 ideas and everyone he'd say i, I don't i don't think it's a good idea and this one, he was in the airport, and he said, "Oh my gosh, I have the exact same problem." Um, so we set out to do it, and I started wandering the the fashion district. I carried the one shirt that I love the fit of, and I learned that it was a much more complex process to make shirts than what I thought of. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and I did it very poorly in the beginning. You know I made shirts. I remember the first thousand shirts, you know, every button unraveled. Oh. And we got into a shrinkage. We did a survey about our shirts, and they said they're using them to clean their car. You know, <laughs> wait, wait, they, wait, wait, they wait, wait, wait! You
0: cannot just roll over that. We have to start oh. with with what happened. I mean, so you're walking around and you realize, okay, so I need to kind of get somebody to make the shirt that I sort of envision. And and how hard was it to to get to that point? Let alone then realize that the buttons were popping off and and the darn thing was well, shrinking
1: if you want to just get into fashion today and make shirts, you really can't because you need a certain minimum. Like these factories don't want to just make, they're not going to make shirts for any guy who comes in and says he wants to start a company because it's quite a complex process. So what I didn't, you know, after having to fight with these factories that this was a unique idea and it's never been done before. And this was in, in New York. So, you know, shirts cost 60 bucks to make. I mean, everything was kind of going wrong um but also i didn't know everything when you make a shirt all cotton shrinks you need to pre-wash the shirt you need to reinforce buttons a certain way that i learned you know i was doing everything as least expensive as as you could we didn't have any money i should have stepped back i mean you should have seen when i tried to raise money for for this idea i mean my my concept was a shorter shirt you know most people laughed at me you know said i was crazy um we, we are barely able to raise money. So we had very limited money to to launch this. Um, but in any event, you know, making a shirt and getting one of the um, this would come up later. But one of the, the big issues and reasons I wanted another reason I wanted to launch this company is that all of the products that I had bought in the past, if you went and tried to buy the same one again, it was a totally different spec. I don't know if you've ever had that happen with you. Oh, we they change it on you. All the time. It's annoying. Yeah, well, they just don't spend enough time with the quality control. So the first batch of shirts until I had learned all of these, what I kind of like to say, like someone from outside the fashion industry stepped into the fashion industry. So I did everything not the way people have been doing it. And the amount of people who used to tell me, Chris, this is not how you do it. Factories are go- not going to be able to be within that tolerance. And I'd say, well, if they don't do it this way, then I'm not going to be in business. So we, um, so it's just a long process. I mean, our one of the first shirts we had every time you wash it the sleeves got two inches wider (laughs) and so it was devastating i was hearing i just thought it was going to be a hobby it was just too hard in my opinion after the first two years because the product was was very hard to make and you know it was i i didn't have the expertise but long story short luckily it was a hobby still we both i had a full-time job at ge i was doing this on the side we had no money to market it so we hadn't gotten to that many customers, but the customers we did, did get to, they loved the concept. So I didn't want to give up. So we kept plugging away. Finally, after three years, we got the process down. We were making a great shirt, mm. and luckily, only a certain amount of people had bought them because, like I said, we hadn't even started marketing. But it had gone on long enough. So we, you know, let's just take our twenty thousand dollars and market. And I never forget, I called the the uh, radio station. We could only do radio. We couldn't afford anything else. And they said, it's going to take you three months, you know, 300 grand to just get some traction. And I was like, I have one week and 15 grand. (laughs) Um, Because if you think about it, most marketing, it does take a while. Someone came on and said, I make, you know, this new great shirt. It's soft. It's a great fit. Come and buy it. You're not going to the site that day. But because of our tagline, shirts designed to be worn untucked. You know, untuck It's not to be we worn untucked, which is kind of funny because that little tagline took us about four months to, to get right. And that people rushed to the site. Like, we would see, you know, a thousand people go with a 30 second read on New York uh, sports radio. And I think it was because people are like, wow, finally, it's happening.
0: So, Chris, when you were starting. Your first moment with this company, you're in your apartment in New Jersey, correct? And what are you doing in the second bedroom to start this?
1: Yeah, we didn't have any place to put the shirts. We didn't have anyone to ship the shirts. I mean, remember this was before e-commerce has become such a mainstream. We were, I think, the second clothing brand to just be direct to consumer. Um, So I, I was flying by the seat of my pants. We loaded up the second bedroom right to the ceiling which is not productive when you're looking for, you know, a small blue check shirt that could be in the back on the bottom. <laughs> so we're shipping them downstairs in a, you know, an eight person condo. So as we were growing, I got the more annoyed people would get because it started with one box, then five, then 20, then 70. and I We carry them all downstairs, stack them all the way up. And then we got a, um, a, a, a storage unit, but like a, a true storage unit. And we ended up having seven storage units and we would line the products, all the shipping boxes all the way down every aisle. I don't know if you're in a storage unit, yeah. but you'd walk in, get out of the elevator and up or up and all around past other people's storage units, we'd have our own process of the boxes and a, a label printer. And it was me and one other guy and it was 100 degrees. And so you, that when you start in a business, I mean, you have to, I actually, I think some entrepreneurs that make mistakes is they try to be fancy from day one, and they run out of cash. Mm. For, for me, I was trying to do every single thing possible to keep the little bit of money we had, um, and I, obviously I was. I had another job, so I didn't have to pay. Aaron and I didn't have to pay ourselves, so it was a pretty crazy time period.
0: There's the famous Chris walking commercial, and it's you walking down the street wearing an untucked shirt, and I, I mean that obviously. Finally, you had been doing well enough to pay for TV, but. Before then, at some point, I believe, as I understand it, you you weren't still sure that there was a need for this. So you went to Hoboken, to the train station, to do a little informal survey?
1: Well, that that was actually done a little bit earlier, kind of after a year that we had launched. And when I said we were having some issues with the supply chain and making the shirts. So I wanted to make sure. Is this Really a problem, or is it just all the friends that I spoke to, and we did a survey, hundred people. We showed them three pictures. where should the shirt land? ninety five percent of people said they had a problem, and ninety five percent of people said in the middle of the fly. Um, but as far as the the two best things we did, in my opinion, was number one, naming the company on Tucket, which everyone said I was crazy to do. Um, but it to this day, it is the best thing. if If we didn't have that name, I think all of the the copycats that have come into the market um, to date, we would have just gotten lost. But instead, when a customer went up and saw unt- uh, J. Crew leading their the front of their windows in 2019 with untucked shirts or Vines opening up an untucked shirt section, oh. people were calling those shirts untuckets, Right? Like, like the term untuck it. I've had people call me, "Oh, I saw an untucket it on TV." I say, "It's not even an untucket. But That's kind of like the tissue Kleenex. Right, Xerox, Xerox
0: Band-Aid, exactly. Ah, but that's annoying. You don't want knockoffs.
1: I know, but everyone, you know, it was something that was inevitable, but what it did was drive even more people to the problem and to us because we were the first to do it.
0: At what point did you realize it's time to quit my job at General Electric and actually really devote myself full-time to untuck it?
1: it was when we opened up after a few years of business. um, We about 70% of men were saying that they need to try on and touch the shirts. And at the time, everyone was predicting that brick and mortar was going to be gone. So I was never thinking about stores. And stores are very intimidating. You need a whole team, you need all these different software systems. But we got so much demand that we opened up a pop up in September 2015. in Soho. And I decided to kind of work the floor, obviously, to learn from the customers. And the excitement was just incredible. I mean, the people come in; they, hu- I literally was getting hugged like on <laughs> a regular basis for solving the problem. From men, it sounds funny, <laughs> yeah. But I'll tell you, you know, it's, it is. It's uh, people laugh when I say that men take this seriously. I mean, men want every man wants to look good. It's an important part of their existence. Like, it's not something that can just kind of be pushed aside. And I think what we did with our shirts is we made it very easy, right? Well, you didn't have to be fashion forward. You didn't have to spend a ton of time. You could just put on the shirt and say, wow, I look neat and I can wear this shirt anywhere I go. So I think guys really do appreciate it, which is why they become kind of passionate about our brand. Um, But anyway, after Soho did so well and we were going to open up another stores the following year, I couldn't handle it anymore. Not to mention when I flew down to my meeting, um, our sales meeting in 2015 in on the airlines, there was a picture of me in, in an ad uh, for Untucket. So I, I pushed it as far as I literally could before um, the, uh, the guy in sales at G said, I just don't think you can do this anymore.
0: Chris, what were some of the runner-up names that you titched?
1: Uh, it, it didn't work. It's funny. It didn't work. When I came up with the name Wandering in the Streets of my, in Seaside Park, New Jersey, where my parents had a shore house, it was coming up with the name Untuck that made me say, I'm actually going to go do this now. I don't know what it was. It was that name mm. that, that kind of, I could envision marketing it, you know, untuck it on, it just sounded like it would catch on, you know, or at least there'd be buzz. Cause there was no way I was going to break into, I had to take risks. So I was not going to break into a fashion industry when no one succeeds with just another shirt, right? Like it just wasn't going to happen. So I had to push the envelope, the marketing. And that, and that brings me to the commercial, which she's asked about. You know, I don't know if you've seen this commercial, but you know, if, if you show it when I'm in the room, it's almost embarrassing. I'm walking down the street. I'm dead serious. <laughs> I'm saying, you know, my problem is I couldn't find a shirt that looked good untucked. Uh, this became my passion, and you know, and this is um, <laughs> you, you, you follow Twitter, and there'd be about 90 tweets about. I mean, everything can imagine like does this guy realize that there are other problems in the world like this guy should be shot this this and that <laughs> but it was it was great because when this thing came on tv you had to pay attention because you couldn't believe that this guy was that obsessed with an untucked shirt now obviously it was all you know i wasn't that serious about it It was just something that <laughs> it was a problem of my own so that commercial ran for like seven years and every time i'd come out with a new commercial that would perform even better and we'd go back to it and it was just talked about. So those uh, are two great things that happened. Right,
0: and and you know this is an important moment for a lot of our listeners because there does come a point where you have to give up the regular gig and go all in, and it's scary, isn't it? Were you nervous a little bit?
1: I was very scared, but I was happy how long I did it. I think a lot of entre- guys come out of college. They want to talk to me and say that they want to be an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. how can i help them and you can't want to be an entrepreneur it's like not like you can go into finance you just go get a job at a a finance firm an entrepreneur you need the idea so what i always advise people is do not continue your life like you're not going to have that idea have a path because you don't want to be 37 and all of a sudden realize that you didn't start your career and all your buddies are on their way you have to assume that you're not going to have it and work on it at the, at, at night time and you need to be willing to work 20 hours a day. If you're not willing to work 20 hours a day then you can't do it. Well, that's, that's sweat sort of, equity. That so
0: sweat yeah, equity no, And, you,
1: and you, you can't say well I have a job well you got to do it after your job. There's no there's no other way to do it.
0: And you did that. You you worked 18 20 hours a day.
1: And I loved every minute of it. I mean I loved it. You're starting your own business and you start to see these and there was a lot of pain mostly pain I, that's one other thing i tell people it is there's so much pain compared to it's funny but i'll tell you a little bit, new business but greatness wins i my new company it's like i'm now so many bad things happen and i don't even react i smile i laugh i say oh this is gonna feel even better because every entrepreneur especially i mean i could say especially in fashion but something goes wrong every day like big really wrong like oh my shirts got lost or my shirts right. Are out. I got them all in the the pockets in the wrong place. I can't sell them. They don't like. This is you know you're making product overseas. You bring it. There's a lot that goes on, you, and it's just so much pain um, that you just need to. But it makes the wins so much better. I mean, it's incredible. So,
0: but it also builds up your skin and toughens you in so many ways. But when you're in the thick of it, you know you had said something um, at the beginning of this podcast where you said, "I, I just didn't know." Isn't that part of it? It's better that you don't know and you just dive in, and then okay, so you realize, oh, I did that wrong. Oh, the buttons pop off. Oh, they lost a thousand shirts in an order. Wait a minute, I have to process the returns myself. Uh, and yet, you just put one foot in front of the other.
1: Yeah, and it's a great. This is the greatest time to be young person who wants to be an entrepreneur. If I wanted to do this. 20, 30, 40 years ago, forget about 40, 20 years ago, it wouldn't have been an option because you have, you have one place to do it, which is a store. Macy's, need Bloomingdale's. Rent. What do you need? Where are you going to market? You're going right. to market on TV or a billboard. Who has money? Who has 50 grand for a billboard? When you look? So you can start any product, know nothing about the product, go online, learn about it, start a Shopify website, go to Facebook and market. You could do that with knowing nothing and, That's what I, it's just a different time. Um, You know, now, of course, it's getting a little saturated, but it's a a great time.
0: This is Everyone Talks to Liz, and we're going to be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Just go to Indeed.com slash right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Chris, when you were in the early days and you were working these crazy days and nights and you were exhausted and things were going wrong, you had at some point been to Columbia Business School and gotten your MBA. What don't they teach you in business school?
1: For the world that I that you go through as an entrepreneur who's running every aspect, you know, of your business, there's not a lot I think you know, once again, obviously, they've always said this, just making connections there. I would have never known Aaron, my partner, if I if I didn't go to Columbia. Right. Um, and you remember some case studies, you know, marketing stuff. And but this is the problem. Once again, the world of e-commerce and what makes you successful words like customer acquisition. Now, I'm, I'm sure today they're teaching that. But when I was there, you know, everything that's become relevant today to be a successful Brand, which by the way, it's all the same whether you're selling a car or whether you're selling a shirt. You know, it, it's email marketing, it's Facebook marketing, it's Instagram marketing. It's lo- learning how to acquire customers and how much should you spend for them. This is all re- this is all new stuff. On for very long at all. You know, data analysts to analyze all this business. Like, it's just very interesting that we are in. You know, we're in the tenth year of this thing. So you know, our fourteenth year of of this new world of e-commerce. So, you know, as you know, you read about all these larger companies have had to try to adapt to become a, a more e-commerce focused company. And they've struggled. They've all struggled because of the new world. Sure. So what I learned in Colombia, it wasn't a lot of it that was relevant um, other than, you know, there are things that you learn from, from the financial standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um but you're right. You teach so much on your You learn so much on your own as you're going day to day. Oh, sure. And if I think about what I knew back then versus what I know now just from doing it, it's it's incredible.
0: Well, like Nike, you just got to get out there and do it and not sit there and think <laughs> that it's going to happen because I always say nothing just happens. Well, one thing did happen that was totally inspiring and fascinating. One day, Leo DiCaprio comes into your store and then returns – and then returns again,
1: yeah, it's funny he was he came in three times in one week, he bought like seven friends, and he was showing the friends the shirts he liked. <laughs> he was going around selling them to him and there was a uh, we served scotch in about fifty percent of our stores <laughs> which the guys absolutely love mm-hmm. um and yet they actually congregate they'll drink the scotch and talk about on Tucket. like it's something that you never see a man from a men's shopping perspective, and he was there sitting in a couch in Soho with his They're having scotch. They're buying shirts. It was definitely a good sign. (laughs) sign.
0: (laughs) Well, sometimes that's all you really need. You need just one person to be photographed in the shirt. And then the whole thing goes totally viral. But it's almost like you didn't really need a celebrity at any point. But now you're actually working with celebrities, sports celebrities with your new company. Let's talk about Wayne Gretzky, Misty Copeland and Derek Jeter and your new company
1: so so greatness wins over over corona you know someone like me i need to kind of have my mind running all the time and with with untucket stores closed and with us not being able to invest much based on the the environment i started thinking about is there another industry that i could disrupt is there another problem that i could solve and i had had a lot of issues with athletic wear and that i ordered 80 pairs of shorts from all of the major companies and there were three to five inch differences in the, they pill they don't last you know they shrink and I said I got to kind of in a way even though it's a different problem it's not just a sh- uh, the length but I got to I got to fix this spec problem this quality problem the consistency and there hadn't been a new athletic brand in the market since under armour then you have athleisure and athleisure to me they they market them as go get coffee in it right and oh by the way you can work out for us we wanted to focus on performance so performance first high end athletic um apparel which has not existed today today um, we were the first and i was thinking who can i do it with who, who would have credibility and wayne gretzky was an investor in um in Tucket, and he loved the idea and then i uh got in touch with Derek jeter who's kind of as a new york guy the you know the ultimate uh athlete both on the field and off the field and had a long-term relationship with nike and jordan he was the most successful uh non-basketball player in nike uh ever so we Had a lot of experience and he loved the idea as well. And I came up with this name, Greatness Wins. The reason I came up with that is because, once again, people would say, well, You're crazy, that's a strange name. And I said, Well, at least it will stick out, you'll never forget the name Greatness Wins. Mm. And uh, and we launched in June and we've had an incredible uh first nine months and it's been very exciting. Um, and we do you know everything shorts, joggers. We're launching, oh, and I should have, I should add. We brought on a female, Misty Copeland, who's a famous ballerina. Sure. um, And she is going to lead our women's line, which is launching in September. So it's a very exciting time.
0: See, that's the thing. And you've got the women now. And that goes for your women's version of Untucket. You've got the, is it the Anna dress?
1: Yeah, I think that's one of them. Yep.
0: How big could that market be?
1: Women's for Untucket, I think. I mean, for greatness wins, women buy even more. More than, you know, men, you know, the lemons of the world and obviously the, the Nikes, for for greatness wins, it's actually outpacing our growth in some of our other products, It's uh, so in our shirts and, our, and some of our men's products. So um, two products that are doing incredibly well for tucket uh, as far as pure growth, is our pants and our women's line, um, men's pants and our women's line. So I think the women's line on Tucket is just getting started it's it's very exciting the women's feedback has been great on it
0: okay so you're kicking butt you've got all these stores and then it's late 2019 ahead of the covid lockdowns
1: what happened with covid corona covid owning a company that you talk about all these things and the lessons you need to learn and the bumps you're going to hit I remember sitting with investors when we were going to sell in 2019, and we're all talking about what's the worst thing. Because they always ask, you, "What's the worst thing that could happen if we hit a recession?" And we'd, say, Oh, it's a recession, but we think we're recession-proof." Mm-hmm. And that was the worst thing that could happen. What could happen to a business other than a recession, right? Or, or, unfortunately, a massive event, terrorism event. But you still, it's, it doesn't impact you that much. And then Corona comes and closes 90 stores after you had just opened 35 of them and stops wearing your product because people stop leaving their houses. It was, we, we were gonna sell for a, for a lot of money in, in a high valuation in 2019, in March 20th, oh. we had a letter of intent coming in. Seriously? And by, yeah, we had 15 of them coming in. And by June 1st, we were on the phone with a bankruptcy attorney being told that we have to declare bankruptcy. And when you declare bankruptcy, you're done. Untuck it would have never been seen by me again. I'd be told to leave. So that, and you t- I'd sit there at night and say, wait, ha- I'm doing nothing wrong. Like n- there's nothing, we're the fastest men's going brand. We still make great shirts and I am going to have no job. I'm going to be doing sales again after seven years. So it was just, I mean, and there's so many stories like that, but it's just incredible. Now, luckily there's major pent up demand. We were a great product post pandemic and we had our best year ever last year. That's the bright side. But I felt like I had to add that because you want to talk about a roller coaster. That was something that. You couldn't write in a book any time before, you know, ever. It just, there was no answer to it other than my business is over.
0: Tell me what's next for you.
1: Oh, uh, I don't know how much more I can handle right now. I <laughs> have four kids under five and a half.
0: Oh my goodness. And I
1: have, and I have two fully operating businesses um, in two completely different stages. So different, totally different group of worries. You know, one is scaling that brand to the next brand. We're going to be opening... Um, we're going to be pushing tucket across the world um, you know middle east Philippines, um, and starting some some licensing deals into other products and then greatness wins is basically identical i mean like the second year back nine years ago, doing everything you know that I used to do for ontucket um just with a lot more knowledge so it's a uh it's a pretty crazy day each day between the kids and the two brands and but i I love it
0: it all started with. One idea and I wish they made dot dot dot. What is your advice to somebody who thinks that about something?
1: Oh, you gotta do the research and act on it. I mean, my main advice is don't you've gotta find a hook, right? You've gotta create a story around your product. So many entrepreneurs now, because it is easy to do, just launch a product. They'll call and say, Oh, I can make a nice sweatshirt. I'm gonna launch A company so well, what's the difference and they don't really have an answer mm-hmm. so i'd say the first thing is you need to be solving a problem and you need to just do it i mean it's scary it's really scary because they say i don't know how to do anything who do i call to start an internet right to start a website who do i call to learn out to... you just have to do it all you have to study it on your own and research it on your own um but yes it's all about doing it and you got to do it after late at night and I definitely would try to do it before you have kids. I I would not have been able to do it now. There's no question about that.
0: Well, listen, we're so glad you started Untuck It. There are legions of men out there in the world who are thanking you. And the world is thinking, well, why not me? I hope that's what they're thinking after hearing your story. Chris, thank you so much for joining us to tell your, your journey, your story, just all of it. It's just wonderful.
1: Uh, Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Of
0: course, of course. Untuck it. So he had the name, he had the idea. And then, of course, the stress and the pits in the stomach and the family saying you're nuts and, and working 20 hour. You guys, that's what it takes. It's not supposed to be easy. And I hope that you see, though, the payoff of just a couple of years of giving it your all. We have one shot at this life. Okay, one shot. Don't waste it. Do what Chris did and just go for it. I'm so glad you guys are tuning in and I hope you suck inspiration from these stories. It would mean the world to me if even just one of you said, I'm going to do that. I'm going to start my business. I'm going to reach beyond my grasp. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. And I'll see you Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Clayman Countdown. Want to listen ad-free? You can do it with a Fox News Podcasts Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And then Amazon Prime members, you can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app.
1: The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox & Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts.